Now, the accountability partner no one asked for, Kevin McCrary. Here's Say Goodnight, Kevin. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Say Goodnight, Kevin podcast, the official podcast of the Say Goodnight, Kevin YouTube channel. I am Kevin. If you just happen to stumble across the podcast and are brand new to any of the content that I make, welcome. On my channel, I review movies and check out trailers, talk about life-changing ideas, probably at some point on accident. My most popular videos happen to be my Christian movie reviews, where I hold Christian movies up to the same standard as other films. And then right here on the podcast, what I plan to do, at least, is to expand on some of those ideas that I present in my videos and in my reviews by talking to some of the people who work behind the scenes or are involved in the films that I sometimes make fun of, which is exactly why I'm very honored to have the guests that we have here today. And you'll find out as we go throughout the episode exactly why I feel that way. It is the one and only, probably not the only, Doug Johnson. Welcome, Doug. Welcome oh. to the show. Hey, thank you. Awesome to have you here, man. Now, I would go ahead and introduce you, but I feel like you would know a lot better than I would who you are. So uh, why don't you tell me who you are and what do you have going on? Again, I'm Doug Johnson. My wife is a pro-life advocate and speaker and uh, all things awesome, uh, Abby Johnson. We have a movie coming out called Unplanned, and she has a pretty good following on Facebook. Uh, she, she talks about a lot of things involving abortion and uh, the pro-life issues. And I have a Facebook page called uh, Doug on Tap, and it's more about me being a stay-at-home dad, uh, and so I stay home with all our kiddos while she goes out and saves the world. And I talk about all things movies, wrestling, babies, bacon, uh, having an awesome beard. Yeah. Just trying to be a man at home. Very progressive. And yet, uh, <laughs> I'm assuming that you're joining me today and not Abby because you are a man who wants to control women. Yeah. Is that what's going on here? Yeah, I stay at home and I send her out to make all the money. Yeah. For flannel shirts and beard oil. And beard oil. Yeah. <laughs> it's very expensive looking. You do time. have a solid lumberjack beard. Thank you. For Halloween this last year, I was a, I, I threw on a flannel shirt and grabbed a lightsaber and I was a lumber Jedi. That was my costume this year. <laughs> That's awesome. It, it's a little unfair because I can't grow a beard. I saw your soul patch in some of your videos. Way to go. On yeah. That. Yeah. I got rid of that. You know, people <laughs> oh, make fun of me. They should. Yeah. <laughs> the hard part about having the inability to grow a beard is I still grow hair on my face. So it's yeah. just a nuisance. There's no you unique thing I could do with it. I hate tall, muscular, handsome men. Me too. MWs will come up to me and go, gosh, I wish I could grow a beard like you. I look at them and say, well, I'll never be six feet tall. I'm five foot six. <laughs> Sorry you can't have everything, handsome man. Yeah, that's life, you know. Yeah. Not every everybody's got their pros and cons. Right. Which I think is the perfect segue, if it's not a bit of an insensitive pun, to uh get into what we were gonna talk about today. For those of you who don't know, I have a uh well, I, I know people know I have a YouTube channel. I said it about five times at the beginning, but mm -hmm. a, as you said, you and your wife have a movie that is coming out about your life. And I, as I often do whenever a Christian movie comes out, I did a trailer reaction video to the trailer of your movie and I I think that's how we ended up getting in touch. I actually I think that's how that happened. I actually don't know the story. How did you end up seeing my video in the first place? Yeah, I uh, I talked I was saying something about my movie, our movie on the page. Uh -huh. I said something about fence riders in my post and somebody shared your video and oh, I, I just Oh, that's really nice. They said, "Oh, here's a fence rider here yeah. on abortion." Yeah. And I immediately reached out. I said, "Hey, I'm Abby Johnson's husband. I enjoyed your take." Didn't agree with everything. I thought it was solid. I mean, how do you review a trailer, right? Right. So well, it is hard because, I mean, you can pick up a thing here and there. I used to not review trailers, but since people wanted to know, I was like, well, I can tell you what I think, but I don't know how much I could say based on the trailer. Now, I'm sure people can kind of pick up on this, but I would really love to know your take on what the movie Unplanned is all about. Uh, Abby, when she first left Planned Parenthood and she wrote a book, basically about how she got there, what it was like working there, and then her her exit. And what's that book called? Unplanned. Oh. Yeah. That's the name of the movie. Yeah, it's the name of the movie. And then she also has another book called uh, The Walls Are Talking, and that's a bunch of stories from former clinic workers, 
people who went into the abortion clinic like to get services and them telling their stories. It's probably about a dozen or so short stories, true stories. And it's a very short read. It's probably about 100, 100, 100 or so pages. But uh, some stories from that book are also made it in the movie, too. And then uh, I got to tell the writer stuff from my blog, and that made it in the movie. So it's kind of a, a smooshing of a bunch of stories. Now, I have seen like seven different Christian movies that are a smooshing of a bunch of stories. Yes. So that raises a few concerns for me. Go ahead. How coherent is this going to be? That's what I want to know. Well, for me, it's hard to watch because it's like, oh, you know, that's like three things in one. And I wish they had, if it were up to me, it would be a 10 part series, uh-huh. two hours per episode on HBO or something like that. Right. It would, you know, because I have an ego and I want everybody <laughs> to know my story exactly how it should be. <laughs> but uh, they had to put it in 90 minutes. And I think they did a good job. They did, there's maybe a handful of things I would change just because that's not how I would tell my story. But there's a test in patience and handing over your story to someone else and letting them do something with it. And yeah. it really, it's very, very honest. And when we met with Chuck and Carrie, I think you said in your review, you didn't know their names, but Chuck and Carrie, the guys that wrote God's Not Dead, they came to our house three years ago and they said, we really want to do your movie. And I told them I didn't want a hokey PG movie made about my life because I curse, I drink. We watch R-rated films. Our story is not a PG. So abortion is not a PG subject, right? Mm-hmm. And they said, well, uh, I think it's time to take the training wheels off of the faith-based films and like, let's put some reality in there. Let's show what people do in real life instead of, you know, like in a lot of faith-based films, you see the girl that's not a Christian has a lip piercing and purple hair. All of a sudden she meets Jesus and the lip piercing is out and she has normal hair now. It's very annoying to me, but I think Christian films have come a long way from that. And so we're hoping we're just another notch in the ladder of Christian films getting better. But yes, I think our movie's very palatable. I got in the weeds there a little bit there. No, no, I like that. I, I appreciate that. I, I love talking about this sort of thing. I love talking about Christian films. I wouldn't have had a a whole channel where I do that if I didn't like it. I don't know if people listening enjoy it, but you know what? It's my show, so I can talk about what I want to talk about. Now, you mentioned uh, weird things about Christian films. Um, I also think it's funny, uh, I say this all the time about Christian movies, that Christians believe Satan has so much power that he can affect the minds of the youth with these super subtle, barely noticeable, almost subliminal messages within secular movies. And yet Mm -hmm. they don't think God has the power to do the same thing in Christian movies. (laughs) Right. I don't know. I know that again, I'm, I'm building a straw man, but I just remember people getting mad about little things like Harry Potter or like, I remember when I was a kid, it was the new age stuff in Pocahontas. Like, Oh, it's influencing. Well, is it, though can't you talk about stuff your child go talk to your kids there you go yes i'm very much an advocate for that the movie with your kid and raise them raise your kids there there used to be this song it was like a a little john parody that was like raise your kids raise your kids oh yeah right yeah uh where deodorant where deodorant yeah oh when i was a teacher we showed my kids that all the time you can't now no you definitely can well you might get. I don't know. I don't know. You'd, you'd get in big trouble. Uh, so with the movie Unplanned, in what way is it edgy? You said that it's not going to be a typical PG Christian movie. What are you talking about there? It officially got an R rating. I don't. Oh, really? As of recording this, it, it yeah. hasn't been announced, but it's not secret either, if that makes sense. Oh, OK. So it's OK for you to say? I don't want to. Yeah, I, well, I hope so. You better. Yeah. <laughs> well, they'll never listen. <laughs> they, they will listen. Believe you me. Well, I shared your review with a bunch of people from the movie, like actors, people from the prayer team, producers, and they're they're glad that we're doing this. Like, oh yeah, let's get those fence riders to go into the theater. But uh, anyway, the you what was your question? I don't know. I don't we, remember. We started rambling. Yeah. Oh, why is it why is it edgier? Okay, it's got. A handful of curse words in it, and none of them start with S or F. Good. Uh, but I don't know if I could take that. I know. You know, there's a lot of hurdles with this movie, and the R rating is one of them, mm-hmm. because now we got to talk to those kind of Christians that are like, oh, I don't see R rated film. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not like the 300. Yeah. It is still a faith-based film. The reason it got the R rating is because there is a significant amount of blood, and there's a lot of squirmy mm-hmm. stuff. You know, it's funny that our movie— 
got it R rating, and then you go with Infinity War with the Avengers, that sucker gets a PG-13, and they kill half of the universe. Yeah. Everybody dies. Spoiler alert, by the way. Everybody dies. Oh, wow, you just <laughs> ruined it. But at least you haven't spoiled Unplanned for people, which is more important for uh, for my audience, I bet. Oh, yeah, I, I'm much more concerned about my movie. In <laughs> <laughs> the movie, billions of people went to go see. Exactly. But uh, you're going to see... Uh, abortion experiences if that makes sense so in the book abby talks about she took a medication abortion and she about bled out in her bathtub it was a horrible experience for her there was a lot of blood a lot of passing of clots and to go ahead and get graphic about it you know it's it was a very raw horrible experience for her and she got no care from planned parenthood she hmm. called him was like hey you said it was going to be like a light passing and then here I am thinking I might be dead the next morning. Like, oh, you need to take some ibuprofen and get a uh, heating pad. And so, like, that's going to be in the movie. Mm-hmm. That will probably make people squeamish, squirm a little bit. And then, of course, everybody knows that knows Abby's story, knows that she saw a uh, ultrasound-guided abortion and watched a baby fight for its life while the little suction cannula killed it. Yeah, They do a CGI rendering of that scene and uh, Abby was very hands-on with that wanted to make sure it was as authentic and honest as possible and I guess that's another thing about our movie is it's very it's a very honest storytelling and I think that's it's lacking in a lot of movies is we need honesty over positivity or anything like that like let's be honest about what's happening intellectually honest emotionally honest spiritually honest Mm -hmm. talk about it in a raw way and then we'll go on from there and I think that's where change is made I mean, that's essential. I I think that any ideology, if you're going to claim that you have the truth and you're going to use lies to get that across, well, you've lost it. Like, you've lost the one thing that you have. I remember one time, you know how old ladies used to send forward emails like, hey, look, they're taking God off of the quarter. We got to stop this. (laughs) So one of them was an Onion article about Harry Potter it was proven that Harry Potter actually was a secret way to get kids to turn into witches or something like that. Right. And she passed this along and was like, this, see, there's proof. A friend of mine messaged her back and was like, hey, I just want to give you the heads up. This is not, this is fake, fake news. (laughs) This is fake news. She, her response was, well, but it doesn't change the fact that this stuff happens. That made me think a lot, like that concept. And we've actually had that this past month, kind of on the, the left side, where the Jesse Smollett story, where people are now saying, well, yes, this incident was fake, but this sort of thing does happen. But to me, I think like, well, if it does happen, and I'm not saying it doesn't, reference those stories. Reference yeah, the why don't ones, we find those stories? Right. Because if you reference the ones where it's fake, then you're putting doubt in people's minds. Mm-hmm. Have we checked out the other ones? Are they real? You know, it it really makes you wonder. And it takes honesty away from your side, whatever your side is. It hurts you because now you've lost even a little bit of credibility, which is such an interesting thought. You know, I I think today with with social media, it's really easy to do this. But I was thinking, and you could tell me what you think about this. But, you know, I know people who will kind of surround themselves with people who agree with them. And so they'll create kind of this world of fake credibility. Like, well, I don't care. I have plenty of credibility from the people I talk to. And yeah, you can't just create a narrative and expect people to believe it. That might also be why I'm a little bit careful about the way I say things, because on my videos and stuff, I, I want to think it through, because I don't want to be hypocritical. Uh, well, what I got from your intro to the, your review of our, the trailer, there's nothing worse than being misunderstood. Mm. When you're trying to be compassionate and really tell people how you feel about something and you don't want to come off as like you talk about in your, as a monster, you just want to be understood. This is where I'm coming from. But then people don't care. They, they just want to vilify you because you don't agree with. Them. Yeah. And that's, it's terribly unfair. I wanted to talk a little bit about my video because that's kind of what the catalyst was. Not to point too much about myself, but I mean, you you are the one who wanted to make a whole 12-part yes. series about your life. So I feel like I'm in good company. Yes. So you mentioned yes. that um, watching my video, and if, if people want to go check it out, they can. But I'll try to keep this conversation in a way to where it's not necessary. You said there were a few things that I had said that you didn't agree with. And part of 
the reason I started this podcast was so that people involved in the things that I review can come on and tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me a little bit about that. Okay. Well, the number one comment you made in your review that made me reach out was when you said, I'm just a married guy Mm -hmm. and I don't have a dog in the hunt. You absolutely do. I feel like everybody should have a dog in this hunt. And it's not a gray issue. I think it's a black and white issue. There's a right and wrong here. When when Abby and I talk about it, we don't go around saying we don't think abortion should be illegal. It shouldn't really be a law issue. It should be a heart and cultural issue. It should be unthinkable. Mm. So if abortion is made illegal tomorrow, then what? What are women going to do? They're going to go to jail if they try to do something like get an abortion. And now you've ruined two lives. Yes. Well, we we don't want women to go to jail for seeking out because uh, there's coercion. There's boyfriends, parents, family, churches even that go out and tell these women, no, no, you got to have an abortion. We, we have a son who we adopted. His name's Jude, and he was conceived in rape. Hmm. Because he was conceived in rape, his life was rejected time after time his birth mother went to church and his church was like you can have an abortion it's okay because you were raped no it's not his fault it's not her fault it doesn't make any sense why is his life any less value because this other guy this completely different person acted out in violence and violated her i see doctors the people that coerce them into abortion people trying to sell the abortion maybe they need a little jail time we just don't really see women. They're just another victim, if that makes sense. It's like with human trafficking. Yeah. So you have a prostitute. Prostitution is illegal. You don't want women going out and selling themselves for sex, but you don't know their situation or how they got there. So why aren't we showing them a little grace, a little compassion, and helping them remove themselves from that lifestyle? You know what I mean? So there you go. That's kind of how I feel about that. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I agree with everything that you said, but I think that you're right whenever you say that we need more compassion. I agree. I, I'm going to play devil's advocate a lot in our conversation uh, and, and just as, as things go, just because, like I said, I am on the fence and I don't know that there's a whole lot wrong with that. In fact, I think that that's a reasonable place to be. Uh, and, but my, I'm not on the fence in terms of whether I think abortion is good or bad. I do think abortion is bad. Mm -hmm. I think all around, I wish it didn't happen. And so I'm probably one of the easiest to convince about a lot of stuff related to abortion. But what I don't like is the idea that it's black and white, because the argument isn't over that. I know that there are people, and and the left has kind of gotten, you know, very outspoken, like celebrating abortion and post-birth abortion and ridiculous things like that. Those are are extremes, I think. Uh, And maybe they're not as extreme now uh, as they used to be, but but they are extremes. And so if we cut that out, you know, in in the same way, you know, you, you see there was that famous clip of Ben Shapiro where, you know, people are like, well, what a, you want abortions during rape or for rape and incest and stuff. And he's like, well, let's set that aside and we can talk about that later. What about the other stuff? Well, he pointed out that the left loves to use the sobbiest of sob stories. Yes. But to, is to, that not something that the right does as well? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, and you know, since Abby has left the abortion industry, we probably fight more with other pro-lifers than we do with other pro-choicers and abortion supporters. Uh-huh. You know, there, there's a part in your video, which I love when she talks about, no, people that scream and yell Bible verses at the fence and talk about being murderers and come up with graphic signs and dress up like the Grim Reaper and do just the weirdest things. Right. Have jars of fetuses. Or throw blood on people. And like, yeah. there, there's people doing stuff now. Like that's. We've kind of moved away from that, but not really. It still happens. It does. It has to stop. When Christians go to the sidewalk and they start yelling Bible verses, there are a lot of Christian women that go in and get abortions and that know the Bible. And Abby prayed with girls before their abortion. Uh, there are women holding their rosaries, you know, as they're getting their abortion, you know. And again, this is why we feel like Christian and pastors need to speak up. When we hear these people yelling out Bible verses, women going in, like— you're not addressing their needs. You're saying you're condemned. You're going to hell. Why are you doing that? To me, there's a lot of people out there that just want to be right. They don't want to help women. And we fight against that. And so it's a struggle for us. And, 
you know, when I meet other pro-choicers and I basically have to go through all the rigmarole of me being like, yes, let me tell you how I'm not the old stereotype. I'm, I don't fit in that box that you want to create for me. And so you can just get rid of me and be done with the argument. So a lot of that does come up mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So I'll, I'll use an example. There was that movie about Kermit Gosnell that came out recently. Yeah. And you don't have to say anything bad about other people's movies. But to me, that's an extreme. Yeah. And they were able to spin it in their favor. The left, they would be like, and this is why we have to have safe, clean abortion clinics, blah, blah, blah. But if you were to go like at my wife, she created a site called uh, Check My Clinic. You can go in there and look up these clinics and check out their health reports. And you'll find that it is across the board disgusting. Mm-hmm. They don't care about safety. They care about access and money. Sure. And I don't doubt yeah. that. I mean, I it's no secret that I lean pretty uh, libertarian in my political beliefs. And every time I take one of those tests, they tell me I'm a libertarian. <laughs> and and to me, I I don't doubt, though I I have not researched it a bunch. But like, if you told me, Kevin, there is an abortion industrial complex that's fueled by the taxpayer money in the abortion industry, then I wouldn't think you were crazy. I'll put it that way. In the same way that there's a, a prison industrial complex that mm-hmm. you have. A quota or you have a certain number of this is what needs to happen. If you reach that point, then you get this amount of federal money. And that's what happens with prison systems. People complain about the private prisons and they think that that's some sort of criticism of the free market. But a private prison is no more a private organization than a public employee would be where they're still getting a paycheck from taxpayer money. And so when you have that, hey, if you're housing this many, you get this much money, you know, for every prisoner, then you've incentivized cramming people into a small place. Um, So there's not a lot of doubt that there are clinics that are funded by the government that have unintentional incentives created to not be the best place, which can lead to corruption. It's not just the government. Uh, You'll find. There's a lot of private money, private donations. Okay. Uh, Warren Buffett, he gave quite a $20, $25 million, I think, to Planned Parenthood. And basically it was so that uh, women can't afford their abortion. He wanted to pay for it. And there may be a little bit of a race card there, too. He uh-huh. kind of expected certain poor folks and a certain demographic. That's kind of where he wanted to keep them. And so – you think yeah, we, it's a class, we, 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 oh, more of a class issue? Yeah, I think yeah. so. And if you look at where a lot of Planned Parenthood are set up, they're not set up in well-to-do neighborhoods. But do you think that, I mean, I'm sure they would argue that that's because that's who needs it the most. Like, you know, you know what? Can't uh, Abby's clinic was in a college town at Texas A&M, and she saw just as many college sorority girls as she saw yeah. poor women. And again... It was 90% of the time, maybe more, a matter of convenience. I can't have a baby right now. I think that the argument is more, you said that it's black and white. And I understand what you mean. It's black and white in terms of, like, murder. Murder is black and white. Uh, Is it right to kill or is it wrong to kill? I, I don't think anybody's arguing whether it's right or wrong to kill. What they're arguing or what I'm on the fence about is more whether or not it is killing and I think that comes down to when does life begin? Oh, well, see, I would say conception. Right. Well, I know you would say that. And this is why I say it's a gray area. Not that I think that it's a gray area that I just, you know, killing, that's a gray area. I say it's a gray area because there's not a unanimous consensus on this issue. You say at conception, but there are people who say that it's not conception. And I don't think they're saying that out of malice or maliciousness or because they just want to kill people. I think that they're saying that because... We don't know for sure, and I think we maybe we will never know. You're not going to get a positive pregnancy test unless there's life there. I know it sounds like I'm being petty by saying this, but I'm I'm only being petty because I'm told that it's black and white. And the reason why I think that that's a little bit difficult is because if you say that, people say, you're not saying this necessarily, but you say, life begins at this point, any time after that, it's murder. Somebody's a murderer if you have drawn the line here and they're a a millisecond in front of you. Where with me, I think I believe that life beginning is there's a process to it. And Mm -hmm. so 
I'm kind of like, yeah, probably in well, this they, general area, that's when life begins. I don't know specifically, but around here. And I could still say right as that sometime inside that process. You see that I think that the line is it, it's possible for it to be a little fuzzier than black and white. Yeah, I guess, I guess for me, the, the gray comes in the, their stories and the situations for these people is, uh, oh, but as far as where life begins, I think. It is pretty black. It's very plain for me. Uh, with science and technology, where we are now with with uh, ultrasounds, being able to like see inside the uterus and all that kind of stuff, we know. So if you're like, okay, I look here. Oh, there's a life there. What about two minutes ago? Mm-hmm. Two minutes before that. Two minutes before. That. So it's kind of like with a with a tree. When does the life of, begin of a tree? Is it underground or is it whenever it pops out of the soil? So I guess for me, if you show me a timeline of a baby or a fetus, which fetus means baby, I know where I can point. I'd be like, that's where it is. And I feel like everybody should be able to point to the same place. I guess that's kind of your question is like, well, what if I don't want to point there? Yeah. Well, not so much. I don't want to point there, but if that's not the right place to point, then I don't want to point there if that's the wrong place. I mean, if that's just not true. And I don't know that the jury is out. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that the entire process is subjective, but it can be. And they're not wrong. I I think this is why it's an argument. I think because we can say we know it's wrong to murder. Most people, not all, hashtag not all people, (laughs) will say murdering a baby is wrong. And then I believe you you mentioned you're Catholic. Mm -hmm. So I'm not Catholic. So I will say it's not a sin for – I'm not saying this is what Catholics believe. I just know that Catholics are a little more strict on birth control and contraception and yeah, they have a bunch sure. of kids and stuff. Uh, but I was homeschooled, so we have a similar uh, issue in the homeschool community of too many kids. You need to be responsible for fertility. We'll go from there. Yeah. How about that? Uh, so what I'm saying is most people don't think it's a sin for a woman to have her period. Or for a man to ejaculate and not fertilize an egg. Right. So there is a time when it goes from being something you would flush down the toilet to something you hold precious and dear. Oh, I think that, okay, so now we're getting into intentions. Well, I'm just saying that this is why, like people will say, no, Kevin, it's black and white. And I know you're not saying I shouldn't be on the fence but I am saying, people have said, you should not be on the fence. This is very clear. There's no question. And I think okay. that the reason why there is a question, why people are so adamant about it, is because it is a little bit of a gray area in the transition there. The crossfade. I'm an audio person, and so there's there's yeah. a, a crossfade between one clip and the next clip. I'm sure there's well, I guess, you know, there, there's a lot of, you know, and... I'll give it the PG-13 rating. What I'm about to say is uh, there's a lot of people that try to be like, if you think abortion is murder, then you think blowjobs are uh, cannibalism. Okay. Well, that's not a baby. You got to have the mommy and the daddy come together one night and, you know, <laughs> love each other so much. Like, there's biology to it. We know about sex. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, oral sex does not result in a baby and there's only one way that happens, you know, mm-hmm. with procreation, and we got to kind of stop removing the the critical elements, the uh, the equation of procreation. And we, okay, man, woman come together, sperm meets the egg. If that gels, boom, you got a baby. That's when life begins. Before that, when you just have sperm or you just have an egg, mm-hmm. you don't have a baby. Separate, they're just these things. But what makes it that? Because I I think that it's not unreasonable. And from my perspective, even if I bought what you're saying, and I'm not I'm not trying to be like a jerk by say, wording it that way, but you know what? It's okay. a fun little podcast, so I'll be a little bit of a jerk. <laughs> uh, if I if I bought what you're saying, I still wouldn't be confident enough to say that somebody who believes that you know I know people who believe that life begins at implantation, and I know that that's not. I'm sure that's not something you guys believe, but I don't think that it's crazy, and I don't think that they're murderers for believing that. No, no, no. Because to me, I'm not confident enough to say 
yeah, well, you're 100% wrong, and I know that for sure. And maybe that's because I haven't researched mm-hmm. it enough, but it feels like it would be something that we would say, yeah, right, but somewhere around the beginning is when life begins, and it's wrong to kill life. Well, so if the baby does an implant and you pass that clump of cells, mm-hmm. baby, whatever, that life, you never intentionally killed it. You're obviously not a murderer. It's, that's just how life happens. Miscarriages happen. Yeah. And that's by no means killing, murdering. It's not your body purposely killing a child. It's just how it goes. But I think whenever you intentionally go in and say, I'm going to go in and scrape the uterus. I'm going to go in with a suction thing, inject this uh, chemical that's going to burn the baby alive in the uterus. Whatever it is, you've just murdered a baby. That intention, I know I'm pregnant. I don't want to be pregnant. I'm going to go kill the baby so I don't have to be pregnant anymore. That's the black and white of abortion, in my opinion. So it's like your, your body's going to do whatever it's going to do. But if you don't, there's no intent there, right? Uh-huh. You, you didn't intend to kill the baby if you if there's no implantation. Does that make sense? I get what you're saying. Yeah. So I think we're, uh, we're kind of, and the thing with the pro-choice movement, pro-abortion, they almost don't even care. Where life sure. begins. I get right? that. I, I I do get that. I care though. Mm-hmm. And I care and I, I think I'm saying that I think it's probably in my opinion, it seems to be there's a process. And I know by doing that I'm creating a, a slippery slope, but I, I don't I don't mean it that way. I just mean that I haven't found a reason outside of an ideological one or a politically motivated one that explains why we would believe that it isn't a process. You can tell me if there's a third option here. Option number one, it's important for legal purposes just the same way as voting age and adult age. And like in order to create some sort of legal understanding of the law, we have to decide legally when this certain stage starts. Okay. Um, and I think that that's probably why it comes up, you know, where, where to me, I don't care what, I, I care what the law says in, in as far, don't get me wrong here, everyone. I care what the law says in as far as I don't want to be murdered by the government. Uh, but I, I don't care. The, the law has no moral, you probably know this better than anybody because the law says it's okay to abort. Well, that doesn't make it right. The law doesn't dictate morality, but that's why I think it comes up in that. And then the second reason I think why it's important to people in the Christian faith is because Christians believe in a soul. And so Mm -hmm. the question for them is, when does life begin? Because if if there is no soul, then every argument that you make about, uh, about the fetus could also be applied to an animal of any kind. I mean, you see PETA people making the same argument. Uh, you know, well, look at look at these animals. Meat is murder. Um, it has its own DNA and heartbeat and brain activity. It's not a future human. Uh, an egg and, and sperm is also potential future human. I would compare a sperm and an egg to an animal. No, I'm saying that the difference between an animal and a fetus is that an animal does not have the potential to become a human. Right. Okay. Actually, but okay. Uh, an egg and a sperm do have the potential to become a human. Right. Uh, but on their own, they're just sperm and egg. But they have that potential. Yeah, but you gotta. There's a so, process. They gotta come together. You know, when a mommy no and daddy. No pun intended. <laughs> but uh, because there's a soul, the question for Christians becomes: When does the soul start? At fertilization. So that's, that's well, you you I know that's what what you believe, but that's why it's even important to Christians to ask when does life begin because otherwise well it's a process, just like becoming an adult. When I say it's a process, I mean yeah, we were all fertilized eggs and zygotes and fetuses and newborns and teenagers, you know, there's a life cycle that happens. You know, and it starts somewhere and I, I know confidently as a truth this is where it starts. And so all I can do is share what I know to be. Not my truth. There's no such thing as my truth. That's just one of the dumbest things anybody ever came well, up with. I get that. And I do think that while there is absolute truth, we don't always know. And that's, I think, where sometimes Christians can lack grace 
because, again, not saying you are this way because you've been very gracious. I think sometimes out of insecurity, Christians desire to say, well, I know for a fact. I feel that way whenever I talk to people about God as a Christian, as a believer, I still have moments of doubt because why wouldn't you? It makes me question why what people have thought about if they've never asked, like, well, what if there isn't a God? I don't literally see him in front of me. Well, of course, you could right. say, well, the heavens declare the glory of God, and we can, you know, we can say that, but that's not always evident to everybody. It's not like, you know, they're not always just saying it to be mean or to be vicious or because they haven't seen enough God's Not Dead movies. Uh, to me, I, I think it's a perfectly legitimate thing to think. Anyway, that's a rabbit trail a little bit. But yeah. <laughs> what were you saying? What were you saying? I don't know. Well, oh. on your on your thing about uh, is there a God and, you know, w- with non-Christians— a lot of pro-life atheists out there. Mm-hmm. It's not just a Christian issue. It, it, I think it's a human issue. Well, that's a great topic because I had that written down and I was thinking about it today. I was Facebook messaging my friend back and forth <laughs> about this issue. <laughs> you know, I've been reading the comments on my video. But right. I genuinely am thinking about this stuff. The sole argument, like, well, babies have a soul and that's why it's wrong. That's very contingent on people being Christians. And that makes it difficult because not that it it's not convincing to me necessarily as a Christian, but I really like to hear arguments that are convincing to people who aren't Christians, that aren't contingent on people becoming Christians in order for them to believe a thing. Because otherwise, then you should put all your efforts towards evangelism, converting them to Christianity, and then share the saving power of pro-life. So tell me why, tell me why, <laughs> what is the non-Christian argument for life? Okay, most, most atheists we know will say, oh, we believe in science, and science teaches us, okay, this is when life begins. We, we know Again, from ultrasounds, this, uh, this, that, and the other, we can kind of pinpoint a spot where, okay, this is where life, not where a soul is implanted into a life, mm-hmm. but this is where life begins. And so how can we just decide to take that? Like, we have a unique set of DNA here that is going to grow. It's not going to become a human. It is a human. It just starts out that way. It's not a whale. It's not a cat. It's not a book. It's not a tree. It's a human. If it's not dead, then what is it? It's alive. So in order to grow, it has to be alive. So I think that's just what I kind of find from atheists. And that's kind of their argument and why they don't support abortion. And they'll talk about, oh, logic, science, this, that, and the other. And and to me, those things lead you to God. If you're a scientist, basically you're seeking the great question is where do we come from? Mm -hmm. Why are we here? Uh, You're trying to answer certain questions. You're eventually going to get to a creator. And so... I guess that's where I kind of see where atheists. They see, okay, this is how life created. There's obviously a system here. There's biological reality. We got to go with this. And so now let's dig a little deeper and see where else we get. That's kind of what we get from them. Well, I do think from an evolutionary standpoint, it's not good if you're killing off the species. Mm-hmm. You, you want to keep the species going. So I could see that. I get that. Right. You know, I, I guess there's a very aggressive abortion is murder voice, you know, in general, in the Christian right. Yeah, I guess uh, I think that voice is getting smaller. Yeah. Honestly, Uh, I think you're finding more compassion coming out. If if we'll move away from where life begins right quick. Mm -hmm. Sure. uh, Well, I think we covered that a a good bit. Yeah, I think think we we know where we both stand and there it is. One day we'll we'll grab a beer and talk about it some more. But uh, with... uh, what you called, let's not be assholes to each other on your video, and mm-hmm. let's uh, let's not be jerks, not, but let's treat each other with respect. There, I think we're kind of, there's a lot more people moving away from that protest, yelling and screaming, rescue movement, going in and grabbing girls and just kidnapping them, basically, mm-hmm. so they won't get an abortion. We're, we've definitely moved away from that. We've come more to a, uh, well, how do we meet these women where they're at, and how do we meet their needs? You know, it's and uh, I think people, if you're paying attention to the pro-life movement, you'll see it. If you're not, you're probably still hearing the old stereotypes, the old cliche things that people like to say about us. And uh, they're, they're simply not as true. They're still true. Yeah. It's more of a youth movement. And women are definitely it, the whole 
old, crusty, white, rich guys mm-hmm. are running the pro-life movement. That is not true. When I went to the March for Life, I was the only guy there, I felt like, in my group. And the woman, Ashley Bratcher, she played Abby in the movie. When she showed up with her husband, I went and grabbed him. I was like, man, let's go get away from these crazy women. I need some testosterone. So, I mean, it's it's women are controlling the narrative, you know, and they're they're taking over it. Not to say that men shouldn't have a say or an opinion. It's just that women are getting abortions, not men. But men are affected by abortion, so they definitely need to have a say. But let's get rid of that stupid stereotype and let let's hear these women out on their opinion, and let's uh, hear like, like let's take care of needs of other women and families and start growing families. You know, mm. so it's kind of I feel like that's where the pro life movement is at. That's it's not that's so much the old, the old uh, yelling groups that say murder. Man, they just don't get a lot of donations. Yeah. They don't get a lot of support. Well, it's as annoying to me as the meat is murder thing. Because, to be honest, I I get where people are coming from with meat being murder. I don't agree. <laughs> I don't... Yeah, I don't, agree. I, don't I'm a hunt. I understand their argument. I just, it doesn't stop me. That's where I get frustrated with either side. Maybe I've not explained well, uh, or maybe I have, and, and hopefully I have, um, just the way... <laughs> What I mean by black and black and white and gray, that's what I mean. I think that when we say, well, this is murder, and I know it for a fact, about something like, like meat, how many family members are you still friends with <laughs> if that's your attitude and that's your approach to people? I don't think it's wrong to stand on your convictions. Uh, obviously, it's, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with standing on your convictions. And I, I know that I respect where you stand on this, you and your wife. But I think that it's important to also, when you say this thing is murder, that's, I think, what leads people to say, well, if it's murder, if somebody was trying to murder a child that wasn't mine, like a five-year-old, let's say, Mm -hmm. I would try to stop it. Right. So this is the logical conclusion. If what you're saying is true, why would you not go into abortion clinic? Why would you not stop every woman? Okay. Well, that's about being effective. You go in there and you try to stop it. The thing is, those appointments are still going to happen. You're, you're not being effective in trying to save lives. And that's kind of where we stand on it. So you got, I, hate, I don't want to give any publicity to people I don't agree with. But there's they're called the Red Rose Rescue Movement or something like that. And they're going in and just laying on the floor trying to disrupt business in these abortion clinics. And all they do usher the women into a safe room until the cops show up and remove the disruptor and then it's business as usual and all they've done is cause those women to say oh good the psycho's gone we can go back to what we were doing Mm -hmm. those people aren't safe they're aggressive it throws people off and they're like well why would i run to you for safety you seem really aggressive where these people are really nice and kind to me and telling me they're going to take care of my problem so yeah i'm going to go to planned parenthood because i'm going to run into their arms why this numbskull is yelling at me, telling me they're going to pray for me and screaming out Bible verses. Yes, they do it in love. I get where they're coming from, but it's just not effective. I got you. Make- yeah. yeah. No, that, that makes sense. I, I have that argument a lot, not related to this, but just in terms of, well, a lot of things. I think that people have a tendency to go with a, an instinct. Mm-hmm. You see this in Christian movies a lot where people will be super on the nose and blatant about something i always think it would be cool if there was some sort of um like christian film contest where people had to make a christian film as if they're living under the oppressive regime that they think that they're living under in america Uh right where if they made a, a blatantly christian film the film would get destroyed so the rule is you have to make a movie that can get past the censors you have to make a christian film so you basically you have to use allegories and analogies and like what Jesus mm-hmm. did, what he told stories. Um, <laughs> you know, you kind of have to follow your leader. That's crazy talk. We can't do what Jesus yeah. did. I know the whole movement with bracelets and everything. That no, we can't do what Jesus did. <laughs> so <laughs> the reason I say that is because I think a lot of people they can't go two layers deep in an argument. So yes, I get that you want to tell people they may not even hear it if it's a cheesy Christian movie. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that may be somewhere around what you're saying that like, if it's in a Christian movie, it's not effective because the only people going to see it are people who already agree with you. You're preaching to the yeah, choir. Yeah, preaching to the 
require, right? So where if you teach people principles, like this is how you treat people, having those principles, then that can apply to your whole life, all kinds of factors in your life. Now, right. uh, let me ask, you said something about, you know, kind of running to the arms of Planned Parenthood. However, you sent me a video of your wife speaking in to the, to the where? Where was she at? Kentucky. Kentucky. They were trying to get a heartbeat bill passed. And basically, if they can find a heartbeat, then they're not allowed to abort. And so and it was really just kind of a counter to New York. And by the way, New York is not the first state to do this late term abortion thing. Mm. They're the eighth, ninth, tenth, seventh, somewhere in there. The, the New Mexico, Colorado, they've all been doing this for a long time. Uh, late term abortion has been around for a while. And uh, so, anyway, yeah, so she went up there and it was, uh, she testified. And so all the plan, all the abortion supporters and Bland Parenthood people, they spoke first. And then they let the pro-life people go after that. And Abby basically just took notes of everything they said and picked them apart bit by bit and uh, basically gave her argument as to why we cannot have late-term abortion or any form of abortion in our states. And and then she even kind of wrapped it up with, you know, I know there's people in this audience that have had abortions and people have worked in abortion clinics. Here are the ministries you can go to and we can help you and here's how we can uh, find healing, you know, and kind of come together. Anyway, so, you know, it was about an eight long, eight minute long video. Great testimony. People were loving it. So, yeah, well, I'll put the link to that video in the show notes so people can know what we're talking about. That video contradicts what you said. A little bit. So uh, I'll okay. call you out on it. Let's do it. <laughs> you said that they kind of, they'll run into the arms of Planned Parenthood. But according to your wife, Planned Parenthood uh, is not such loving arms. Yeah, I get what you're saying. All right. So what happens is, you know, okay, so like you saw in the preview of the movie, you saw the guy standing at the fence, screaming and yelling at these girls. They're like, why is that guy screaming at me? Who's going to take care of me? Who's safer why am I going to, to Planned Parenthood and Planned Parenthood? Oh yeah, those guys are crazy and they'll, they'll sell them out. And, uh, I guess it's fake safe. Does that make sense? Sure. Not necessarily safe, but they appear to be safe because Planned Parenthood is a softer voice and, uh, they're more convinced. Yes, we're going to take care of your problem. We're going to remove your problem, which is your pregnancy whether it would be because you're in poverty or your boyfriend beats you, we don't judge. We're going to take care of it for you, and that'll be $600. Yeah. When I say they're running into the safe arm, I'm saying it with air quotes. Okay. Oh, we didn't, we didn't have our cameras on. That's the issue. It's not necessarily safe, but if there's the uh, appearance of safety from the very aggressive pro-lifers who still exist out there. They're not everywhere, but they're somewhere. And you can find them. Mm-hmm. So I took a few notes while watching the video. Uh, okay. One thing she said was that they have ultrasound machines inside the abortion clinic. Yes. Basically to see if they're too old to abort. I'm pretty sure, having worked at Focus on the Family, Focus worked hard at trying to also get ultrasound machines into abortion clinics so that women could see uh, babies. Uh, I think Is I that connected? the ultrasound bills where women would have to see their ultrasound in mm-hmm. a 24 hour waiting period before they, uh, aborted. But a lot of times what Planned Parenthood does is they'll take a picture of an arm. They'll close up in an arm. And be like, oh, here's your baby. So, that makes sense. so mm-hmm. and, and they won't show like a full, like they won't back up and show, okay, here's your baby. They'll, they'll like show the actual baby. There's some ways around it. There, yeah. There's loopholes in it. And so, yeah, they, they, they tried to get those ultrasounds in there, but Planned Parenthood has them solely to measure the baby, see how old the baby is, and then know what to charge depending on how far along they are. Mm-hmm. Or to know, depending on the laws in that state, well, we can't do it, or we don't even have the, uh, the means to do this abortion. The, the, the baby's head might be too big to fit up the suction canal, mm-hmm. right? And so they're they're not able to do it. So you'd have to go to a different abortion specialist, doctor, whatever to, uh, to take care of your abortion. So, and then, so like the clinic Abby, Abby worked at 
was basically they just did stuff within the first, I don't know, under 20 weeks, maybe 15 weeks, somewhere in there. can't remember. It's a blur. But uh, it was all first trimester yeah. abortion. So, um, so it, it, she said one of her arguments was she was talking about kind of how doctors act and treat people at the clinics. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's very descriptive of that. Yes. I, I'm I guess I'm confused a little bit as to how that's that doesn't convince me of the badness of abortion. It just convinces me more of how Planned Parenthood is bad. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Like so if the doctors were nice and kind and loving, it doesn't change anything for me if I believe abortion is wrong, then it's still wrong. I think uh it just describes the callousness of the industry and it sends you down a rabbit hole that leads you to its greed, right? Uh, we're all here. We got it. We got to pump these women in and out. We got to get them out of here, get as many abortions done as we can because we're here to make money. Mm-hmm. But if, it's if, all, if it, they weren't that sense. way, if someone was just being out of the goodness of their heart aborting babies. Got a baby on. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I sound real callous. This is by yeah. <laughs> Kevin. How could you say these things with a baby crying in the background? Right. I have no heart. <laughs> I think they figured it out. So what was your question? I'm trying to figure out what the goal is here. I, I know I've kind of switched subjects. I'm trying to figure out what the goal is for what she was trying to convince people of in the video. I think what she was trying to counter uh, is they were talking about, oh, we do all this good for women. We're this wonderful organization. I think even a lot of Christians believe, well, why do I oppose Planned Parenthood? When only 3% of their services are abortion, right? Which is a convoluted garbage number. If you knew how they came up with that number, you'd say, oh, it's misleading. So I think it just continues to expose the abortion industry as an overall evil. Does that make sense? And then um, the people that work in there, they're not monsters necessarily. They're not all bad people. Abby went to work for Planned Parenthood because she thought she would be serving women. And that's the narrative she was given and then the longer she stayed there, the more she realized that it's corrupt. It's about money. I think that's just kind of what she was trying to reveal is, you know, they, they act like they're here out of the goodness of their heart, not just to abort babies, but to offer birth control, to do SCD testing. They're very limited in their services, but they tout that they have all these services. Whereas women could actually go to these other clinics, see a doctor, talk to their doctor, not under sedation. Like if they have a cold, if... They need their birth control or whatever it is they need, and it's the same price as if you went to Planned Parenthood. And so with the 3% number, I like to use an analogy that the other day all my kids were in the tub. Not all of them, just the little ones. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and one of the babies pooped in the tub, and all the boys were like, oh, my gosh, there's poop in the tub. We got scrambling to get out of the water because there's poop in the water. I was like, hold on, boys. Only 3% of that water has poop in it. It's good. That's good water. You get back in there and you take your bath. And they all look at me like I'm a nutball because mm. nobody likes poop in the water. It doesn't matter if it's 3%, 1%, or 80%. Nobody likes turds floating in the water. So it's a silly argument. I think it's just a distraction from abortion supporters to use that 3% number or any other kind of argument that, oh, well, we do all this other good. But the truth is, without a, you still perform abortions and people can go to other places and not support the abortion industry. Okay. Well, I'm just thinking about, because it's very hard to find information on either side of this issue without coming across confirmation bias, conflicting opinions, stuff that even on the left, of course, I mean, not that everyone on the left is bad. I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is I think the left advocates more for government power. And since they do, I believe the government has a tendency towards corruption. Why wouldn't it? People who who get to be in charge of other people will run for office. Corrupt be a career politician. If we took that career away, maybe the corruption would yeah. cease to exist as much. You know. So uh, it's a really funny meme where somebody <laughs> said, "If uh, politicians wore a jacket like uh, NASCAR racers with all their sponsors yeah. on their jacket, then we would know who they're who's supporting them, who's funding who's what funding they're doing." Them. Yeah. And I don't think politicians necessarily change their mind based on who's funding them. I think that they get funded because of what they believe. Oh, yeah. I think it's two ways. I mean, I know it's a chicken and an egg question, but like, 
you know, there is influence. You get a check. Money influences people. And I, th- I think people who advocate for bigger government believe it more than anybody, the dangerous, corrupting power of money. So, I, But that's a straw man that I'm setting up. What, <laughs> what I'm mainly saying is... You've got me convinced in that regard in terms of, I believe that Planned Parenthood has corruption in it. You, you don't have to spend too much time to convince me of that. Right. But I don't think you're saying that that's the problem, because if you took all that away, I think you would still have the issue of abortion there. Right? Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, because you still have private doctors and other, there's some people that only do abortion. They don't provide any, like a Gosnell he was strictly an abortion provider. He didn't do anything else. And so you have that everywhere. And again, this is where Abby and I and a lot of pro-lifers are starting to believe that it's not about the legality of abortion. We can't simply just make it illegal. We have to make it unthinkable. And that's where we as Christians have to step up and provide those basic needs for these people that find themselves in these situations. However, without judgment, again, Okay, so yeah, you were having premarital sex, and you made a decision, and you found yourself you, – you got pregnant. Oh, by the way, that's how sex works. Mm-hmm. Cool, so let's let's learn about that for a minute. Yeah. And then now there's – I hate when you say I don't like applying consequences to your actions to procreation because it – Life shouldn't be a consequence, right? Having a baby shouldn't be a consequence. It should but be a moment a, of but joy. But a consequence we think of in a negative light, but consequences in its actual definition it's just is just the result. Cause and effect. So, right. yes, but I guess you have language, sex. Yes, I'm considering. That's how babies are made. Right. And yeah. And so, and we go from there. And we, we can't keep removing babies and procreation from sex. I mean, it's like, what, number one, two, and three reasons for sex, why sex exists, so the species can continue. And so it's not just about orgasms mm-hmm. and being close to each other. Th- those, those are th- great. Yes. Those are wonderful reasons why sex exists. Mm-hmm. But I would say those are top one A, B, and C reasons, right? They all go together. You can't separate one from the other. Right. I think if it didn't have those second two, uh, we would die as a species. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I think yeah. guys would be like, look, I'm working, honey. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's a crazy world we live in, but I, I do there's, think that there's a lot of room for grace. I'm, I, I thank you for, for getting in touch with me, and I really appreciate this conversation. Uh, well, I would definitely had. offer, I, I hope you see the movie, and if you want to do this again after you see the movie. Oh, that'd be fun. And uh, maybe even I could get Abby on board, yeah. too. Yeah, that'd, we'll be, that'd be a blast. Um, we could even, I mean, because I'll review it. A lot of people are going to see this movie. I think it'll do pretty well, regardless of whether I like it or not. I, I have no power. <laughs> but well, there's a pretty big groundswell. A lot of people have watched mm-hmm. it and seen it and said good things about it. They've actually, uh, somebody that requested to see it is uh, Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court. He wants to see the movie. Oh, interesting. So I think it's going to do pretty good. Yeah, our movie comes out, I guess, March 29th. Pure Flix just came on a couple weeks ago. Oh, really? Basically said, get us in the theaters. They said 800 theaters for sure, possibly 1,600. God's Not Dead did great. And I think this, if you ask me, in my very biased opinion, it's definitely a better film than God's Not Dead. Because you can only go up. Hopefully yeah, you're improving. It couldn't be worse. Right? <laughs> and I liked God's Not Dead was, was fine. Well, watch I'm my review, dead. and I'll watch your movie, and we'll reconvene, and you tell Absolutely. me... If you still like God's Not Dead okay. after seeing my review, I'm not saying it will convince you, but if anything will, I can. <laughs> and I'll watch your movie. And uh, Real quick, yeah, what sure. we're hoping people go to the movie, what they get out of it, you're really going to see a very human side to the people. You're going to fall in love with the clinic workers that have you worked with. Oh, there's... I would hang out with these people if they didn't work for an abortion clinic. I would hang out with them even if they did. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't matter whether or not they work for an abortion clinic. Wow, these are really cool people. Their heart is in the right place. Doesn't Whether or not they're doing the right thing, we can debate about that, but their heart is in the right place, mm-hmm. and they have good intentions, but maybe there's just some confusion in what they're doing. Well, you know, and my and hope so, is to see Abby's journey put to screen, you know, her, that's what I, you know, I mentioned in the review that I really liked Case for Christ, and I didn't agree with everything. I think there's kind of moments of, uh, it kind of turned into a documentary, you know, but 
overall, Days for Christ was great. Uh, like, well done, good storytelling. Um, I haven't seen it. I need to go see yeah, it. But no, check I, it out. And it, I think there's a lot of it. I, I think that Abby, Abby's fall is pretty big, and then her return to grace is even bigger. Yeah. So, and that that would be great for a Christian film because the falls aren't that big sometimes. And so this is a big fall from grace. And then her, her struggle back to it. it, I think people are going to enjoy it. There's a lot of laughter too. It's not just squeamish. Yeah. Hard to watch stuff. There's a lot of good, fun stories in there too. So I'll be be the judge of the comedy because I love comedy. Okay. I'll tell you if I laugh. I'll, I'll tell you why it's funny and why you have to laugh, and I'm going to force <laughs> yeah, you to. That'd be great if you're just like, okay, this is the part where you laugh. This is the funny part. Yeah. I'll, I'll, and I'll then see. after the funny part, you could explain to me why it's funny. And that would make it real exactly. funny. <laughs> All right. Man, I really appreciate you talking to me about this stuff, and hopefully it, it sparks a conversation. I'm always open to the conversation. So, yeah. Well, that's our conversation. We're all so. just trying to figure out this crazy, crazy world. Um, right. I, I think that that's to me where I, Grace has come in for me is, uh, I I don't know. We could, I, I, I as I get older, I'm less sure, but I'm more, or maybe I'm less. I'm more confident and less sure. <laughs> gotcha. uh, and and I I I think I want to know why people believe the way they do, and if it's if it's just a lack of information. Great. Let's yeah. find out together what the information is. You know. We're meeting where the at, like you said, the why is such an important word. Why do you believe that? Mm-hmm. And where do we go from here? And, and that's why we have the conversations is to <clears throat> get to the right place. Yeah. You know. Cool. All right. Well, I've kept you a long time, so I'm yeah. I'm gonna right. I'm gonna stop the recording. <laughs>